Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, everybody, and thanks for joining us for another episode of the PHNX Suns podcast brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's number one sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and leave us a five-star review. I'm Lindsay Smith here with Saul Bookman, Gerald Borgay, and Espo. And guys, I feel like this is the first time we've had a four-person show in a quite a while, and there is so much to discuss. Mm-hmm. We had a four-person show last night. Yeah, well, I mean, like, like well, a non-game day. No. I mean, a non-game day show. Yeah, it's, it's been so long. All right, it's been ten hours. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, right? I like, haven't I, seen you guys are you guys are aware, right? I got, I got you. I, I haven't seen all three of you in hours, and it's just so <laughs> tough. Lord have mercy. Uh, There is a lot to talk about today. Of course, the biggest news we're going to discuss is Cam Johnson. I know we've had conversations around this injury that he's dealing with before, but I think we just need to take a minute and deep dive into all of it and share, obviously, all of the news that we got this morning around that. So first and (coughs) foremost, uh, we got news from the Phoenix Suns today that Cam underwent successful meniscus surgery and that he will remain out until further notice. But then we got a little bit more information in a report from Brian Windhorst that Cam's surgery was to remove part of his meniscus and the procedure should allow him to return in one to two months. So this gives us a little bit more of an understanding of what we're kind of dealing with here. So he went the route or he either went the route or it was the only option, depending on where this tear was, mm. that allows him to come back sooner rather than later. Yeah, and I, I mentioned it, I think it was yesterday or last night, uh, I had talked to uh, a sports uh, medicine doctor who had said that this this may even be a conservative estimate on timetable to return because sometimes when you go through this procedure it could be as few as two or three weeks now i don't think that'll be the case i think cam's going to take the time and the sons will take the time to make sure rehab and there's no chance that anything's going to go go wrong with this cam needs needs that because he's got a contract on the table that he's got to earn the sons need it because without him uh, their championship hopes take a big hit so uh, so i think We'll see them take the time necessary. They could take as much time as they want, and I'm sure they will. Uh, I I don't know. With Cam, I just – I don't know if it's necessarily like, okay, all the time is the best because, you know, the more time he sits out, the more likely he's not going to re-injure himself. 
because I, I, he's just been injury prone. Like, how, how do you define it? You know what I'm saying? So I, I feel like as soon as he's ready to come back, he needs to come back. Like, what are we, what are we waiting for? You know what I mean? I, that's, that's my perspective on it. Yeah, but you don't have uh, potentially $100 million sitting on the table. Well, he ain't getting $100 million yeah. now. There's no way. Uh, I mean, right now it's kind of speculative about how long it'll take for him to come back. Obviously, Det Nibble pointed out in the chat that he had the same surgery on a different knee at North Carolina in 2017, had the same surgery back on the court in five weeks. Mm -hmm. We don't know the extent of the meniscus tear. Um, it could have been that he opted for it or it could have been that it wasn't as severe. And so that was the best way to deal with the situation. Um, but I agree as soon as he's okay, you know, obviously you don't want to rush or need to rush in this case because he's not going to miss the whole season. It sounds like, um, but as soon as he's able to return, you don't want to coddle it or baby it. Like if he's able to play, he's going to want to play not just for the team and for contending for a championship, but obviously for his contract situation, try to salvage that amount. Um, but I do want to point out again something I brought up last night because I keep seeing this idea that Cam messed up by not taking the money. He got offered less than four years and 70 million, according to a source. Yeah. If that was the offer, he was well within his right to not take that money. That would have been insane for him to take a deal so below his market value. Now, obviously, the injury like lowers his market value, but it's still not even that low. Yeah, I think he probably figured what the Suns offered was the floor mm. that he'd get even if uh, even if he got injured. So I think he made the right bet. But a lot of people will bring up, well, and I think you even said this uh, last night, Dwayne Wade said he he was, you know, regretted ever doing the kind of surgery that Cam did. To me, and, and you guys can weigh in if you feel differently, but... Dwayne Wade's game was so predicated on athleticism that 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 probably hurt him more mm -hmm. than a guy like Cam Johnson, where all he needs to do is be able to shoot. It's nice when he goes in uh, and tries to dunk on a guy, but his whole game isn't predicated on that burst of speed, the ability to get to the hoop, those kind of things. So I'm not concerned the long term, even though D. Wade said that back in, in terms the day. of like his own. <clears throat> style of play I would agree with that like he's not you know he, he's not you know doing these crazy step backs and he's not mm -hmm. trying to dunk on people well he has dunked on people but right. he's got a little bit more length than D Wade and he, he can use that to his advantage and uh, stuff so I I agree with with that perspective in terms of the load that he's putting on his knees um, but the the hard part is is as we saw the other day like it wasn't even a contact injury um, it was, you know, it's one of those flukes that happen in sports. And so when you're dealing with that, you're like, okay, well, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't, I don't know what to really trust when it comes to Cam Johnson. So again, I think once he's ready to go, he needs to get his well, house out there. He had the same surgery done on his left knee. Has it, do you guys, I, I don't know of any other issues he's had with that knee since then. No. He's which been, has been no. a good amount of time. So that's a positive as far as if we're looking at track record with this particular situation for him. Yep. So hopefully they're similar enough that they'll kind of recover in the same type of way. To Saul's point, though, the biggest concern to me is now that's both knees that have had operations. Yeah. It's both mm -hmm. hips too, right? It wasn't just one hip. So now you it starts to compound. You know, there's, there's multiple things. For the prognosis for this year, I feel much better than I did yesterday about it. Long-term and committing the money, 
that may be a different story. For right. Me. And that's, but that's the good news is I feel kind of like a weight has lifted off of a dark cloud has lifted off of the season because if he was out for the whole season, then what do you do with his contract? What do you do with this roster? Because without Cam, you are not going to contend for a title as currently constructed. You would have to make another big move. And I think we all agree this team needs to make some moves of some sort to address some of its deficiencies. But like if he was out, you are really in a hard spot because Cam doesn't have much trade value. DA can't be traded until a certain point and has veto powers over any trade. And then that pretty much just leaves Mikhail Bridges and future draft picks in terms of what you can actually offer for a big piece. So if Cam's able to come back, that's huge. Like Saul's saying, you may you can't necessarily rely on him staying healthy, but you can rely on the fact that if you don't have him, you are not a title contender this year. Yeah. I have a I have a thought. Okay. Um, it's another one of my kind of uh, stances that I like to take from from time to time. Okay. Um, James Jones, as as we are sitting here right now, has done a really poor job in terms of constructing this roster to compete at a high level. He, he's basically relied on those f the first five and yes, Jock has been he's, he's been a nice uh, a nice uh, you know um addition. Addition, thank you. Mm -hmm. I was going to say attribution. Um <laughs> yeah, he's been a nice addition. However, um he's he's widely really relied on the the bounce back of Tory Craig and campaign on the bench mm. and the hope that these five were going to be able to carry the load uh, long enough to possibly get to a championship, right? Whereas I think we all knew that then they needed to beef up somehow, some kind of way, either with the bench or um, with Jay's replacement, whoever that was going to be. And right now, I mean, what are we, we're going on like four or five months of basically no activity. Mm -hmm. You know, we've made small moves here and there, but nothing really significant mm -hmm. to really move the needle in any direction. Um, and I would say it's it's been the opposite because Jay was a valuable piece to this roster in terms of what he brought intangibly, what he brought on the defensive side of things. Yes, he was wildly erratic when it came to three-point shooting and scoring overall, but he, he brought something to the table every single night, uh, which you could rely on. And right now they are missing that. And, and they need that, especially if, if – I haven't heard about CP3 yet, but if he's going to miss a even a game or two right now. Mm -hmm. You got three starters out of that five, and the bench has got to play at a higher level, and they, they haven't really shown that um, in game one so far. So I'm not convinced that James Jones ever planned to do much this offseason. We heard at the end of the year the talk about internal development and those things. I, we don't even know how much they were in on Katie because if you believe things at face value in the reports we've heard, they weren't even willing to add Cam Johnson in an offer from what we heard. Like, it doesn't make any sense. If they offered him a four-year, $70 million deal, clearly you don't place as much value on Cam Johnson well, as other people around the league do. So the I, those two just don't match up to me. I think this is where the ownership stuff may come into play. We don't know... We don't know what the stance was on what James Jones could spend. I know they talked, oh, you can spend whatever you want. History tells us that was bullshit, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, so 
we don't even know who was calling the shots on what they could offer. James Jones very well may have valued Cam Johnson a lot more than he was greenlit to offer Cam Johnson. So I, I don't know. I just You look at things, and to me, I'm like, I'm not sure that James Jones ever planned on doing anything major this offseason. It's possible, but I think it's just the simple truth of, like, if Kevin Durant says that he wants to come to your team, you put all your eggs in that basket, and I think the Suns did, and I think James Jones's biggest failing was not getting across that finish line because then by that point, all the meaningful free agents were gone that he could have used that mid-level exception on, and so now they're left kind of picking at scraps, and I think he did a decent job like getting Damian Lee on a veteran contract. That's good. Trading basically just cash for Jock Landale, another good move, but obviously no needle movers in that group. They needed to get KD because that's where all their attention was and they didn't. And now they were kind of left holding the bag. And to be fair, I don't fault the thinking. I just think if you're going to do that, you have to wind up with that guy because their depth is suffering yeah, for they, it. Now. They didn't have a backup plan. That's the thing that bothers me is like they right. didn't have a plan B or C or D from what we can tell. So mm-hmm. they they basically settled with the plan fucking Y mm. and got, you know, again, the, the Landale thing has worked out so far. Mm-hmm. Um, he's struggled the last couple of games, but I'm sure he's going to bounce back. Mm. And outside of that, what have we done? Right. You know, we got some guys at the end of the bench that haven't even played barely at all. I also want to know, like, I know we're never going to get this answer, but it would be wonderful to know just how close the Suns and the Nets were to making a deal. Because when James Jones talked about it after it was all said and done, he was like, yeah, we didn't really even talk. Mm. That's that's what he said. He basically said there really wasn't anything there. So if there really wasn't anything there and you weren't as close as we all thought you were to getting a deal done, then what were you doing? I think that's posturing, though. I think I agree that I think it is. But I would like to know one way or the other, actually, what the situation was, because I think it would make me feel better if he was like, yeah, we were super close. And then it just didn't come to fruition. Then I would be like, okay, well, at least you were doing something. Right. But as a GM, when you're bringing back those same guys, you can't really say that because then they know how close they were to the edge of oblivion. But why not look at the, you had the biannual, you had the mid-level exception. Why not go into free agency and go, we're going to pursue KD, but I know this guy, regardless of what we do, fits in the system. I'm going to pursue him as as well. It seems like things are so single-minded in this front office where it's like we got to focus on this one thing when you could a parallel path and we're seeing the issues with not doing that now. And now you're, you have to find an answer, at least a short-term stopgap for the next one to two months uh, in that forward position. And I'm calling Carmelo Anthony, if I'm James Jones right now and going, Come on in on the mid level and score some points. Okay. (laughs) I mean, yeah, I I understand that thinking, but also if you're like trying to work out a trade and you have a guy like DA who's a restricted free agent and you're still trying to figure out all the math on that, it can make it tricky to figure out, okay, how are we? And also just like fit and need, like who are we going to need after a KD trade? You can kind of guess, but you don't know for sure. So I, I, I can't fault him too much on that. And I do think that like, no one was counting on the Jay Crowder situation being a thing. Like, did we really think going into yeah. the offseason, like, oh, Jay Crowder, definitely, we got to give that guy a contract extent. Like, no one saw that kind of thing coming. We wondered how he would take maybe a demotion to the bench. But other than that, I don't think we saw him doing what KD wouldn't do and holding out of Suns training camp. And that's compounded the issue. So 
I think the biggest failure for me is not doing something with Jay Crowder. And obviously this cam situation puts a lot more pressure on him to do that. Well, and we also yeah. got news out of the report from Brian Windhorst that uh, despite Cam Johnson's injury, there is no change to the situation with Jay Crowder and there are no current plans for him to return to the team. So I know we've seen people ask, is there any kind of situation or possibility that Jay would return to the team? It seems like, and I've always been on this thought, I don't think there's any coming back from what happened with Jay and the Suns. Like had the Suns, had this been something that, was handled behind closed doors only, mm. I think you could have maybe mended that bridge and ha asked for Jay to come back or Jay would have wanted to come back, whichever side is on the firm no right now. Right. But because Jay made it so public, I don't think there's coming, I don't think you can come back from that. But, I mean, if you're a guy in that locker room, why would you want him back in there yeah. after what what he pulled and what he said uh, online. Poolside tickets. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure they can't score that without <laughs> without him. Like, look, I once you break trust in a locker room setting like that, I, I don't think there's any real coming back from it, uh, especially for a guy like Jay Crowder. He's not the superstar. Sometimes you'll welcome back the superstar because everybody in the room goes, yeah, I know that we need him. But a guy like Jay Crowder, I, I think he's broken that trust with those guys. Monday oh, no. morning quarterback said, cut that paycheck off and he'll suit up. Yeah, he probably could, maybe, or just take the L and not have I mean, any of that money coming in. But do you really want that? But I mean, like, Do you want that, that on your team? Bro, if you're you trying to that trade him, drama? that makes it worse. First of all, bro. Like, my guy's not living paycheck to paycheck. He's mm. made millions of dollars in his career. Wow. And if you know Jay, he's a very shrewd individual when it comes to his money and how he goes about it. He's got several businesses and very, several other different ventures that he's in. So, like, like come on now. It, we're not hurting if we stop the checks. Like, I promise you that. However, comma, um, yeah, I mean, like, listen, they both bungled this. Mm -hmm. Jay really screwed himself, and I will say that till the grave. Like, he completely screwed himself by saying that nonsensical bullshit in the very start and basically cornered the Suns, and the Suns really had no way to go out because now everybody's trying to lowball him, and it's 10 games into the season. Nothing's going to happen until we get to at least, at least game 2025. I'm convinced of that because now you start to see, like, teams that have, have gotten through, you know, a quarter of the season. They kind of know who they are and what they got to do, what their strengths and weaknesses are, who's bounced back from bad years, so on and so forth, much like the Suns, campaigns bounce back. You kind of uh, uh, kind of have an idea of what Tory Craig is going to provide you a little bit this year. Damian Lee's been a nice surprise. So that changes the dynamic overall about what you're going to try to get for Jay Crowder. And everybody else in the league is just like that. So until we get to a point where everybody feels pretty solid about what they have and what they're willing to give up, nothing's going to happen. Right, and you got to get to those December and January deadlines where yeah. a lot of the recently signed guys are mm -hmm. trade eligible. Also, that'll help free things up a little bit too. But so says Jay brought up a good point in the chat earlier when he was saying like you can't okay him to be away from the team and then suddenly change course and be like ah we're gonna start finding you now we need you to show up yeah like that's that's just a bad look as much as Jay this whole thing has been a kind of a bad look for Jay that would be a bad look for the Suns and a lot of teams would kind of want to stay away from that drama I feel yeah, like a hundred percent. 
Musab said, I, I doubt there's any animosity between the players and Jay. They understand guys just trying to get their money. I agree with you, I think, on a personal perspective. But I think from a team perspective, it could still cause a little bit of friction. Yeah, ju it's just it's not it's not clean enough. It's it's messy. It opens yeah, the door for Jay to still be disgruntled, not with his teammates, but with the organization and the coaching staff. And <clears throat> it just creates this really muddy I, territory that is not worth what Jay brings. It's I, just not. I can see it like, for instance, last year with DA. If DA said, I'm sitting out and I'm not playing until I get a contract, I think the players would completely understand that. Like, I think they would be like, okay, yeah, I mean, you got to get your money, right? Jay is like at the tail end of his career. And the problem with Jay is, is he doesn't even understand his own value. He thinks his own value is far higher than it actually is. And that's the problem. When you're 30 plus years old in this league, you got to make sure that you understand your value to a team. And I don't think Jay Crowder quite understands that. I think his value to a team is maximized here with this team because of who he was surrounded by and the veterans that he has next to him. But you go off to some other team that has younger players or this it's a high likelihood that the Suns are not going to trade him to a championship contender because what are they going to get in return? Not very much. Yeah. And yeah. clearly they're okay with just sitting on it for at least a good amount of time. So if they've, I don't know, we'll, we'll get into it in a well, second, but clearly they're fine with sitting on it at least for now. But to the, to your point about the players, I think they understand the money to a certain extent, but this is, they're chasing a championship, right? It's not as if they're a middle of the pack team. Uh, you know, it, this is a group that for the last two years has put everything into it and in trying to win a title. And this guy decided, I'm going to turn my back on that because the $10 million I'm making this year isn't good enough and I want the security for three more years. It's like, no, go out there and win the title and then we'll figure out the way to get you your money. Like That's that's why I think the trust is broke. Um, yeah, well, well, let's talk. We'll do a little bit of Trade Machine Tuesday action here in just a second, but... Um, just to go back to Cam, just to give you guys a little bit more of a perspective, that one to two month time frame, if it is the full two months that was reported by Brian Windhorse, we're looking at 30 to 32-ish games that he'll mm -hmm. miss for the whole season. So it could be a lot worse. Mm -hmm. It could be a lot better. Mm -hmm. But 30 to 32 games isn't the end of the world when we're talking about this type of a meniscus injury. Mm -hmm. So. Just, just putting out. Did the looked at the the weeks and the yeah. amount of games in there. Thirty to thirty-two is just kind of what we're looking at. Okay. Uh, I do want to remind you guys that our friends over at Underdog Fantasy have a fantastic app that is the best way to play fantasy sports and potentially win big money at the same time. We have a fantasy show here at PHNX that can give you all the inside details on how to utilize this app, how to have the most fun on it, and of course how to make the most money as possible. Espo, you are on that show many times. How, uh, how, how, what would you say to the fans? My, my advice about is... About why you need to download the Underdog well, Fantasy app. Well, my advice is do everything opposite of what I say usually okay. on that show when it comes to drafting. But uh, I, the app is so easy to use and it's intuitive. Some of these things are very intimidating, right? You get in there and you're like, I, I don't know. You can, you can do a draft with your friends 
anywhere and you can text it it'll, from the app it'll text them the link straight away it's super easy uh and the, making the you know the higher lower picks in the pick them i mean literally you got two options it's it's not that tough it's you know higher or lower i mean i think my six-year-old could do it probably better <laughs> than i can uh but you gotta be 21 and over I, you don't yeah. don't let the six-year-old <laughs> sign up for an account uh no that's not allowed but uh, so i enjoy the app i think everybody should get on there use that code phnx and they'll match your deposit up to a hundred dollars right yeah so get in on the action today. Download the Underdog Fantasy app. We put the link in our chat and also the show notes of this show. Also, another reminder that we are teaming up with Four Peaks to host all U.S. and Mexico World Cup matches at their 8th Street Pub. And this is going to be a blast. Some of these games are like, I think they start at 8 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. One, one of them starts at 9 o'clock in the morning. Is it 9 o'clock? And that just happens to be like probably the biggest one when it comes to Mexico versus Argentina and Messi's pop. Okay. Probably lost last World Cup, nice. but everything else is noon. Okay, I thought I saw one that was earlier in the morning. Yeah. Eight mm -hmm. nine seems like the same time frame for me when waking up. Yeah. But <laughs> I feel like it's going. a great way to start your day because it's going to be a heck of a lot of fun, and that'll probably get your adrenaline going. And I know it might be nine a.m. in the morning, but you can still enjoy beer specials. We're also going to have giveaways, guest appearances, and so much more. And if you want to go to one of these or all of these watch parties. You can check the link in our show notes to register for free and get all the information you need. Okay, you ready for a little Trade Machine Tuesday action? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Okay. Not, not unless Emma's ready. <laughs> do, we, do we got it? Do we, no. Oh, no. What? I, we got to do it live then. <laughs> no, oh, if tough. it got deleted, it got deleted. It's not my fault. Trade Machine Tuesday. You, you can't blame trade me for that. Tuesday. I didn't delete it. It got deleted off like the Mac, so it's not. Oh, you hate to like, see look. it. Do well, you? I do. <laughs> I'm firing somebody after we get off the show now. No, we, we, can, we can find it on another YouTube stream. Uh, All Jake. I know is it wasn't me. Okay, so there's <laughs> a few routes. Fired. A few routes the Suns can go from here. Obviously, we're going to do Trade Machine Tuesday first, but uh, they can also look internally. We'll get into that here in just a minute. But do you guys want to talk about Mello first, or do you want to talk about the trades first? Well, Mello's a free agent, so that's not even a trade. I know. That's why I asked if you want to talk about Mello or the <laughs> trades. Well, that's what let's, about. let's make the people wait for what they want, what they came for. So we'll talk. Why don't we go Mello first? Sure. Okay. So he's been brought up quite a bit in the chat. Espo, you brought him up just a minute ago. There were reports earlier in October that the Suns were interested in him. I know he's not the player that he once was, but... He could be an okay role player on this team. Last year, he averaged 13.3 points per game on 37.5% shooting from three-point range. Yes or no? Where you yes. guys at? Yes. Last night, we saw the Suns take the fewest three-pointers they have in the last two seasons. Uh, you know, the, and it, you need to get more quality three-point shots. You need a guy who can score on that bench. He brings a veteran perspective. And the best thing is, if it doesn't work and you've signed him to a veteran minimum deal, you, you cut him. And it right. costs you nothing, and it hurts you in no way. Yeah, I'm kind of of the opinion that, like, why not? Especially because you've already got one roster spot you're wasting on a guy who's not showing up in Jay Crowder. Mm. You've got another on an injured guy in Cam Johnson. And you still have a 15th open roster spot exactly. that is currently not being used on anybody. Guys, you thought, mm. you thought, and it's back. 
Train machine. It's Monday. <laughs> train machine. Oh, that's Monday. Oh, no. Oh, oh, that's the Monday one. Damn it. Monday. Oh. Anyway, we got a case right. of the Mondays. I can only find the Monday one. All right. All right. Anyway, continue. <laughs> um, yeah, like he's he would help them as far as just being another warm body that you could plug in at the four. His last season, he averaged about 13 points a game, and he shot... 37, 41, and 39% from three over the last three years. So he can spread the floor at least. I, I hesitate with this because somebody said this in the chat the other day, like you guys want mellow and you're talking about how Chris Paul might be washed up. Like mellow is not the mellow he I, once was, but he can still score. He can still hit threes. Yeah, like he can thing. help. You're not asking him to be the star he was. You're not asking him to even start you're mm -hmm. just asking him to come in and be the guy he's been the last few years that is a a, a competent three-point shooter that can give you 10 13 off the bench whatever mm -hmm. whatever he can give you is better than a lot of the production you're getting right now yeah i disagree <laughs> with, of course you will. with Melo. <laughs> like I, 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 Melo's a good scorer yes i know he can shoot like i, I get that i get all that but defensively, he is such a liability. Mm -hmm. Like he is—he's basically just an OA guy. Like mm -hmm. everybody's going to go around him. So what you're getting on one end is neutralized, but what you're giving up on the other. And so to me, Melo doesn't move. Yeah, and and I agree. Like, listen, I have not been the biggest Chris Paul fan to be to, to start the season, and I just can't imagine Carmelo Anthony coming in here and having as big a contribution to kind of take us over the hump. I just can't. Well, your biggest knock on Chris Paul is he can't shoot from deep if he's open. That's exactly what Melo could do with this offense. And I get that his defense isn't going to be spectacular, but you also, this team's predicated a lot on team defense. So I think you can hide some of that deficiency in a five or 10 minute period that you're playing Melo to try to help you stem the tide. You got a bench that can't score and your, your, your starters appear to be struggling as well without, without Cam Johnson. So you need something. Could you imagine My, a big role where Chris Paul and Melo like having to be the defenders? Oh like, boy. like, and Chris Paul's not, he's really good with his hands still. Like mm. he really is. And I'm not going to take that away from him, but he, he is a step slow. And so, <laughs> I mean, if I was like Damian Lillard, I'd be like, oh, shit, yeah, let's go. <laughs> like, who, yeah, who do but, I got? Oh, got him. But you stagger it. You're not playing him against the starters. You're not going to put yourself in a liability like that. And would you rather see Josh Akogi getting those minutes, a guy who can't do anything offensively but could play defensively? I mean, the problem is there's not a lot of options. And anybody that's trying to tell you that Dario Saric is the option here – doesn't realize the guy's been out for a year and a half with two knee injuries that were serious. Like, I think there's no no harm in trying this in the next, you know, two weeks, four weeks, whatever uh, you're missing Cam, one or two months, uh, and see if he offers anything. I, it, I would, it's better than nothing. I would like to see them take a flyer, and if you're not going to take a flyer, then move up one of your two-way contracts onto a roster spot and give them an actual shot because... I don't see the point in not having a G League team in having Ish Wayne Wright and Dwayne Washington Jr. on these two-way spots and then them never seeing the light of day. Like, you're wasting an open roster spot and you've got two-way guys that are never playing. Like, pick an avenue, get some new guys in there. This bench needs some help of some sort. I'm not opposed to a Carmelo Anthony pickup, but my expectations would be a little low. But you only need him for like 5, 10 
maybe 15 minutes depending on the night. Well, Give me two threes and I, you know, I'm fine. Do you think both sides could come to an agreement on like a 10 day or a couple back to back 10 days until they know for sure what they're getting and have to lock in something? I don't, I don't think Melo's in that space. He's no. either like, hey, you sign He's me like for the rest of the year or, or that's yeah. it. Yeah, that's fair. I don't blame him. I just figured I'd ask. If I was Melo, if, if I was Melo, I wouldn't take a ten day. Like, what, no, what's that? What's the no, point of that? Just insulting. to get me, you know, just to tease me for a little bit, and then let me go? Like, no, nah, fuck that. I did that in high school. Uh, Albert in the chat says, "I like Gerald's idea much better than Espo's." Don't we have the same idea? <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't know if he's referring to the two way thing or if I don't. But um, yeah, it's it's not like there's some great fix all option in free agency that's waiting for us. Like either way. No. It, your m returns are going to be minimal, but at least he can shoot. So I don't know. Listen, the trades, to be honest with you, aren't that much better, mm. in my opinion, because there's only so much that you can do, and then you also have to get a whole nother team on board with what you're offering. The trades as are tricky. Well. So trades, trades are very tricky. Mm. But let's dive into a few of them. So our first trade of the day we're going to talk about, the Suns will receive Kyle Kuzma and Monte Morris, and the Wizards will receive Jay Crowder, Dario Saric, Josh Okogie, and a 2023 first-round pick. So... Mm -hmm. This is so when I wrote this, and to be clear, for people that are throwing names out in the chat, like Eric Gordon, Harrison Barnes, we've discussed all of these at length in the past. I've written about them as well. So we're trying to come up with newer trades. Um, those are still good options in my mind. But in this trade, like this is under the impression that we don't know what to expect from the Wizards because they could very well, they could implode. They're trying to build around Bradley Beal, and he just signed that mega super max, like 250 mil or whatever it was. So you don't know if they're trying to build, what they're trying to do. These are two guys that could help them. Uh, Monty Morris is their starting point guard right now. So this would be a couple of months from now where they're imploding. They want to blow it up a little bit and restructure around Bill. So if that's the case, like Kuzma has played pretty well to start this season. He's been a double-digit scorer. And Monte Morris was one of the best backup guards in the league when he was with the Nuggets. Now he's kind of miscast in a starting role, and he's not doing as well. But that helps with your guard depth as far as having an alternative to pain, and it gives you a guy at the four spot who can score a little bit, which would be helpful for this team. Monte Morris is, a, is or Monte Morris is a solid backup point guard for sure, and mm -hmm. that's what he would be on this team, and I'm I'm cool with that. Kuzma, you know, he's he he can he can hit the three. He's he's got some length. Um, I you know I, I don't love his game. He mm -hmm. he reminds me of just a slightly more athletic Channing Fry, mm -hmm. uh, but you know uh, to to replace the guys that first of all are not here and the guy that's coming off an injury, that's a flyer I would take. Sure. Right now, Kyle Kuzma this season so far is averaging 17.2 points per game on 45.7% shooting. Also, 7.4 uh, rebounds and 2.1 assists. Mm -hmm. So if we can consistently get somewhere around those numbers, that would be, be a positive yeah, for us. For sure. And I, I see people in the chat talking about the first round pick. If you don't put in a first round pick, you're not getting those not getting guys. Because they're not, they're not going to be thrilled to have Crowder on an expiring, Sharch on an expiring and Josh Okoge on a minimum contract. Like none of that does anything for them. I just I hate that mentality. You have to give up something to get something. <laughs> right. You can't go, hey, take my trash and give me give me this. That doesn't give work that way. Give me right. give me the guy that actually could help me win a title. Well, I give you absolutely nothing. Trades don't work that way. Yeah. This ain't NBA 2K23 with a you know auto no, that trade. Wouldn't even go, that trade wouldn't even go through 
an NBA team. No, you turn that off and you just get to make whatever trade like, you want. Uh, like, the that's wizard the world. said, fuck you, yeah. is what the, the <laughs> yeah. thing would say. The wizard's GM laughed until he cried and then he hung up. You know, like, that's and Kuzma's happen. not a game changer, no. folks. But like, who's go- who can we realistically get right that's, now that's that a, is a game changer? That's, that's the thing. Is like You have to be real about what assets you're giving up and what you're going to get in return. Like... I love Lowry Markkinen, but the time to get Lowry Markkinen is not this year because that dude is fucking playing out of his mind right now. So his trade value just went crazy high. Like, you have to give up something to get something. That's just how this goes unless you're talking about expiring contracts. And if you're if you're talking to a team who's trying to get rid of payroll, mm-hmm. um, then maybe you can get something for nothing. But some of these teams are not in that position, and for the players that you're trying to get... A lot of them aren't. Yeah, so... well, Is there one problem here? Mm. Didn't he date Kendall Jenner? Yes. Did he? Yes. Yeah, Mm. but he's got... He's dating his new... Like, that relationship between (laughs) Winnie... Am I wrong? I don't remember her last name. The model. They've been together for a couple years now. It's water under the bridge. I get it, but that can always be complicated, right? Is it, though? It can. I don't know. If you're not if you're not an asshole, then I think it's okay. Now, if they were talking about trading for Tristan Thompson, that would be a fucking big problem. Yeah, that's a different. Yeah, that's also, a de- totally different story. Also, yeah. aren't Book and like Cat supposed to be really good friends, and Book and D'Lo supposed to be really good friends, and didn't they all date the same girl at some point in time too? Mm, I don't know. Like, I feel like yeah. it just doesn't really matter I, to these guys, to be honest hopeful. with you. I, I just I think it depends room on the situation. Is all yeah. I, d- I just don't. I honestly well, don't think to, they no, care. Right. Yeah. I really don't. I don't think they care. Unless it's like a legitimate mother of your child or an ex-wife, I genuinely don't think they care. Anyway, if that trade was a little bit too much for you, here's kind of a smaller version of it. So in this one, (laughs) the Suns receive Kyle Kuzma and the Wizards receive Jay Crowder, Josh Akogi, and a 2023 first round pick. Yeah, and again, better or worse? I like it worse personally because I feel like that guard depth is extra and it minimizes the blow of losing a first round pick. But again, this first round pick is going to be probably in the 24 to 30 range. So it's not going to be that value valuable, especially for a front office that doesn't really put that much energy into the draft anyway. I think that one could get done sooner than two months from now. I think that's one you might be able to convince them, hey, you're getting a guy that could fill that that forward spot in Jay. You're getting the first round pick. You're getting some bench depth. Let's let's try to make this make this happen. Uh, I could see that happening sooner rather than. Later. I don't like any of these trades to be honest with you because they don't involve Landry Shamit. So. Oh, God. <laughs> He's nothing away. if not on brand, ladies on and gentlemen. On brand. <laughs> okay, next up, this one. This one's gonna. Oh no, man! The Suns <laughs> receive Grayson Allen. Mm-hmm. And uh, give up Jay Crowder. So I, this one obviously is going to be hard to get on board with for a lot of people. I hate Grayson <laughs> Allen. I yeah. hate him. However, <laughs> oh, however, however, I don't hate this. Oh, no, man. I don't hate it. I'm, I'm there with I'm I don't there with Saul. It. Are you I both hate Grayson Allen? But I'm so like, much. the dude can shoot the three. Wow, and we need can that. Get under I'm willing skin. to sell my soul for this Could title. Could you imagine so. a Lakers versus Suns next game with Grayson going up against Pat Bev? Let's fucking go. Oh, Listen, God. the one positive <clears throat> is that you don't have to worry about Grayson Allen hurting your own yes. players. That's, yes, that's you know true. he's not going to take out any of the Suns. The chat does Book not like. 
Except in practice. Until Book says something to him in practice one time, and then it's over. For sure. Look, full disclaimer, when I included this in my article, it was only because it's the only trade that makes sense with the Milwaukee Bucks who are mentioned in a report as being in conversations with the Suns because they're not going to trade Bobby Portis and a combination of George Hill and an angle. How injured Joe Ingles doesn't get How it done quick either. would this fan base turn around if Grayson Allen oh, was one of them? I personally oh hate this God. trade, I but I included it because I Honestly, I, I don't think it would be that quick. I think he would have to do something to win our hearts over. Oh, I don't think he, he will just do shows something. up and punch, all of a sudden oh, he is will like, do something. oh yeah, we, we mess with him. punch Pat Bev and we'll all love him. But that's yeah. what I'm saying. He's got to punch <laughs> Pat Bev for well, us to get on board. You know what? My my hesitation with this has nothing to do with Grayson Allen. My hesitation has to do with the thought of Suns Bucks rematch in the finals yeah. and Jay Crowder's on that sideline right. on the other side. Listen, and I don't want to see that listen, shit. Listen, man, no. I don't, I'm not even going to go there and think about that because if we're back in the finals, we'll deal with it. Like, because Grayson Allen just take out Jay Crowder and we're done. <laughs> like, that's it. Game <laughs> over. This trade, is like, this trade is like Sacrifice the Wario meme. Like I've won. Yeah, sacrifices cost? have to be made and Grayson Allen knows that better than anybody. I... I Oh my God. If, for the people that are like, no, I couldn't do I I literally would trade five first round picks if I could get in a time machine and get prime Robert Ori at this point oh to boy. try to help this team. That's how much I how little I care about are we getting a guy that I like <laughs> personally or not. I if mean, he can help, bring him in. Priest and Allen gives me Corona Del Sol vibes, and that's why I hated guts so much. <laughs> gives me like MBA Sorry, Corona. Vibes, I still hate you. He's it's just it looks a like turd. Him. Um yeah, I mean, look, he's shot over the last four years, 40%, 39%, 41%, 41% from three. He can get up three-point shots, and that's kind of what you need with Cam Johnson out. I'm, I am I still hate this. I'm actually, I'm actually, at this point, I'm like, why hasn't this happened already? Oh, man. Why hasn't this happened already? And you at least I mean? you wouldn't have to include a pick because it's Grayson Allen. Yeah. Like, he's not worth a pick. <laughs> Hey, but. this this needs to happen like today. Charles in the chat said, "This is not fun." <laughs> <laughs> I'm you with you, Charles. You are absolutely correct, Charles. This is not fun. <laughs> okay, and then lastly, here we have the Suns receiving Josh Richardson. How the hell do we go this Spurs whole fucking trade machine Tuesday hmm. and not have one trade involving Landry Shamit? How's it? Because let there's just, so many before. Wait, Gerald, let me finish you reading did this it. on purpose, Gerald. Let me finish reading it. The Suns received Josh Richardson and the Spurs received Jay Crowder and a 2025 first round top three protected pick. Okay, mm -hmm. now you can go. We, we have to make sure our audio <laughs> listeners know what we're talking about. I said my piece. Girth, uh, knows, Girth knows what he did. Let me let me answer Saul. Nobody wants Landry Shamit. There. All right. The value's I, not. I've been saying that. The okay, value's well, not great. You're stuck with it. Oh, $40 million. It's like, why won't anybody buy my used 1982 Honda Civic with 300,000 miles on it? I don't have, get it. They didn't have Honda Civics in 1982, just so we know. Oh, Shamit. I was really mad at him the other day. She was. I was really and mad. I was like, he no, missed a Lindsay, wide open three, and I was pissed. Yeah. But then Gerald reminded me of his numbers, and he is, well, he is he's doing game, well defensively this year. He's so done I'm well, just like, fine. But like he, I think he shot 0 for 4 in that game, and that kind of dropped his three-point percentage from 37 to like 33. So yep. it's, That game it's pissed me off. Yes. I'm not going to lie. Which, that, it <laughs> made fair. me angry. He, he hits a lot of those, like misses a lot of those end-of-quarter wide-open threes that like you kind of want that guy to make. But what way. about Josh Richardson? Yeah, so Josh Richardson, <laughs> <laughs> guys, got me all talking about defending Landry Shamit. I'm the last one on the show. Uh, Josh Richardson, he's not the most consistent guy, but he is a very good two-way player. Um, he can score a little bit, 
And I think if you threw in a first round pick for the Spurs, that would be enough to get him. Um, you know, he's he's a good three point shooter, thirty or forty percent, forty four percent, forty two percent the last three seasons. That would help you out quite a bit in replacing some of that three point shooting you're losing with Cam. Um, and he is a very good defender who can defend the two, the three, maybe the one in some spots. So if you're looking for just a bench guy that you can help, the Spurs are kind of tanking, and I think he's a free agent this upcoming summer, so he's not a guy that they're going to be like, oh, yeah, we have to re-sign Josh Richardson to keep him around. So he might be someone that closer to the deadline, maybe they think about moving him. Are, are they, we sure that they're willing to uh, to go into full tank since they've actually played halfway decent to start this season? Like, yeah, I wonder if Pop has a little bit of pride here where he's like, well, maybe we can shock people. And until they're out of that mode, maybe you don't jettison guys it might be but i mean they are five and six so right now they're ninth but i mean teams below them that i would expect to be more competitive the timberwolves the warriors moving forward like i don't see them being in that spot by season's end just because victor is too good of a prospect to pass up just because you know keldon johnson's having a great year or whatever but um he's not he's not a bad guy and again these are just some of the recent trades we've come up with guys like these are not my top hitters here we, like Harrison Barnes is still a guy that yes, I really like um, Eric Gordon is a guy that it feels like he would be attainable um, there are plenty that we've written about in the past Julius Randall that's another one yeah. um, so go check those Ju- out Julius Randall there's been a lot of talk on on Suns Twitter today about Julius Randall <laughs> I still don't see his fit in the point five offense like there's yeah. ways you can make a trade make sense but I don't know how he fits overall, and also Saul. Chris the- Paul can make anything work, and yes, I know the Honda Civic was started to be mass produced in 1972. Thank you. Yeah, um, you were wrong. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Chris Paul can make anything work, but is Monty Williams willing to bend his system for somebody? Got that. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. I did. <laughs> I'm confused about the Honda Civic thing. <laughs> He, you're still on that. I was talking about Chris Paul. Oh, the Chris Paul thing. I thought you were talking about the Honda Civic thing. I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. I said 1982 Honda Civic. He said Honda Civics weren't made in 1982. The first Honda Civic was made in 1970. Yes. So oh, then I, I said sorry. Chris Paul can make anything work. But I don't really believe that. Man. Why he got to take L's right now? Wait a minute. He's the starting point guard of your... Phoenix Suns, and he's making $30 million a year, and he's not doing enough on both ends. We also did get an update uh, during this game. The Suns have listed Chris Paul as questionable for tomorrow's game with the heel soreness. So I'll take questionable. Questionable is yeah. better than, you know, out or whatever. So we're he's, yeah, he's just needs to go sit in a sits bath, and he'll be fine. Yeah, but... I, I feel like the chat is really just not digging the trades today. I no, mean, I, to you know. be honest with you, I'm not really digging these trades either. I uh, mean, look, like they're not desperation trades. It's literally getting something for a guy who's giving you nothing. Like anything would be better than what they currently have with Jay Crowder. And I'm sorry, but like the Spurs aren't just going to give you Josh Richardson for no reason. Yeah, Jay Crowder for like, Paolo Bencaro. Why not? Yeah. I think <laughs> I would, if I had to pick out of all of these, I would take the Kyle Kuzma and Monte Morris one. Well, that would be a very be good trade favorite. for them. Yeah. Yes. Here's, a, here's a good question. Well, not. It, maybe it's not a good question. You guys can probably roast me for this. Mm. And I'm not saying this because I'm anti-Chris Paul. I just want Are to say sure? that. Yes, mm. I'm positive. Does Does Chris Paul have a no-trade clause? Mm, I don't think so. What? Who? Okay, if you're... Nobody's taking them. I no, know. That's I got the you. thing. I, like, I mean, maybe... I don't know. There, there's options, but you're going to have to take somebody's problem. That's the thing. You're not going to get... 
you know, prime high quality kind of player if you're going to go down that route. And that's a break glass in case of emergency. Everything's starting to go wrong and mm-hmm. you need to try to do something to to salvage your, your shot at a title kind of move. That's Monte not... would be Monte Morris would be a nice legit backup. That first trade's the one that I like the most. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that. And I think that... if if we're going like like Josh Richardson, I'm not mad at, but I'm not I'm not stoked on that one. Mm. I would rather sit on Jay for another month and some change, two months even, to maybe package him for something else when more players become oh, available. Don't you worry. He'll be sitting on that roster until January 15th, like, guaranteed. I don't think that we are completely desperate. Well, I think we could no. become desperate if internally we don't see other guys step up mm. while Cam Johnson is out. But right now, I don't know that I'm... I'm saying I don't know that I'm willing to operate from a from desperation just no. yet. If you tell me in four weeks and we've dropped eighty percent of our games, then yeah, I'm gonna get desperate. <laughs> but I don't know that that's gonna be the case for this right. team. This is no. still a very good team. They're just dealing with uh, an adjustment process for a guy who was their second best player last year, taking less duties and Mikhail taking on more. And we're going to need to see more from those guys. And just one last thing before we move on to our next topic. Like, I see Shy Gilgis Alexander in the chat a lot. I was like one of the first people that was bringing up his name. We've already talked about him. I don't see the Thunder trading him because he's been phenomenal to start the season. And the thing about these trades is it helps you when Cam Johnson comes back, though, too, because you still have a, a whole on your bench that you need to fill regardless of Cam, Cam mm. Johnson on the court or not. So... I get where you're going with some of them. I, I I like the first one the most too, but I also think it's the one that would be the toughest to pull off at this time. Right. And like who, who we would have to give up quite a bit for that, I think, too. For, for, for Jay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're, yeah. you're giving up probably, especially with Cam Johnson's injury, that really hurts your... Because he would have been offer. one of the ones that yeah. you included yeah. in that. So now it's even... I feel like it's even more muddy uh, I'm gonna, as far as the potential for that. I'm going to say this. Only because it's Trade Machine Tuesday will I make this proclamation. But I don't think the Suns have enough to actually go big game hunting anymore. Not with Cam's injury. Cam's injury now makes him questionable at best. And whoever would trade for him would have to invest long term in him at that point. You're not going to trade McHale. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just not because, and, and DA controls. His own destiny, at least for this next year. You're not going to get a, a an SGA, a KD, anybody like that this year. It's just not going to happen. Well, all I know is if you're having like a panic attack or if you're freaking out, we have something that can help with that. That's our <laughs> friends over at OGs. No. OGs Brands has really no. great... We're not medicating people with OGs. OGs Lindsay. makes you chill. If you're stressed about this, have some OGs. Yeah, Take a sleep time. Like, go OGs. talk to your doctor and get fucking a bag of OGs. Well, that's not what I meant. <laughs> I, hey, well, I thought my, we understood we were being dramatic in this my, situation. <laughs> that the sons are so desperate. I thought we understood that. Shaky. Do you have withdrawals? Hey, Let's just go I get didn't a bag say of OGs. that. My goodness. 
Do you you need make surgery? it so much worse when you do that. You <laughs> That's how I interpret these things, Lindsay. Why, don't you know me by now? Why does your brain work like that, though? <laughs> no, I don't know. We've all asked that question before. <laughs> I mean, Look, it's I, just it is what it is. I think if my doctor handed me a bag of OGs, that would be the coolest damn doctor <laughs> I've ever been to. Yeah, you like, also, here, are, here you you also are probably not at the doctor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're, probably at a, you're probably at a fucking house that says hospital across the top of it. Dr. J. Oh, man. Oh, my God. You guys always make this so much worse. <laughs> anyway, our friends over at OGs, they're super cool. They have great products. She shut down. <laughs> Your you doctor doesn't give it out. to you. <laughs> Lizzie, you just got recognized for having the dopest fucking yeah, ad reads. Yeah, well, now it's all in my head. I don't want to have dope ad reads anymore because you guys make me feel uncomfortable you, about you, my you ad reads. You should take an OGs. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yes. It all comes that's full exactly circle. what I just said at the beginning. You, you made feel it good? sound like it was such take a bad thing. No, I'm it saying you should take an OG. Circle. Yeah, it was a it was a perfect ad read. Anyway, you can find them at ogsbrands.com. You can find them on Instagram at ogsbrands, and you can also find them at your local dispensary. But you must be 21 years or older to enjoy. You forgot to say you can find them at the house that says hospital on it with the dead yes. doctor. <laughs> Also, if you just need a break from whatever, uh, coworkers, your, your coworkers, <laughs> might I suggest finding something really fun to do on the Game Time app, where you can save up to sixty percent on tickets when you buy them last minute. Mm -hmm. You can hit up sporting events, you can hit up concerts, all kinds of things, and you can get it for super super cheap. You it know is much? really great for procrastinators or those last minute. You're like, I'm on edge. I needed some OGs and a good show to calm my nerves. You know how much Taylor <laughs> Swift tickets are going for right now? How much? Four hundred and fifty-three dollars in the nosebleeds oh, of State Farm Stadium right now. I so you have to wait. I should have bought it oh, the first day. It was two ninety-nine on the game. Oh, you should have. You yeah, should have going up. Oh uh, you know what I think would be fun is pop a few OGs, go to the Game Time app, randomly pick something, and just buy tickets to have to go see whatever you've whatever you've clicked on. I, I think mean, that'd, that'd be, be fun. Kind of fun. I'm not mad at that one. Mm. Anyway, it's a really cool app. And if you're looking for tickets, you should absolutely this check out Game Time. But you should check them out by using the link that we're putting in the chat and the description of the show because that's the best way to support us. And we really appreciate if, it. If Lindsay ever took an OGs, I will buy her a ticket to anything she wants to go to on the Game Time app. Oh, wow. That's quite an offer. I mean, who? She's how do you know I it. haven't She's had one away from all of no, you? No, 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 no. It has to be around us. Oh, well, right. then that's a hard no. Oh, oh man. man. Well, you heard it. Look at what, look at. I'm just saying. Okay. Like, it was up to like you $500 just, in value. Yeah, I mean, that, that literally was like, that was like a, a quality fucking offer, wasn't it? Can I, I take Jose, that offer, please? No, Jose no. in the chat said, it's what brothers are for. You're welcome, Lindsay. You guys do act like my brothers. But I also know that. So why would I take an OGs around you when I know you're going to act like okay, brothers and we'll just mess with me. We'll protect you, first of all. I'm second of all. But you're going to mess with me. At the, no. It's, you protect from everyone who's not you, Lindsay, but you guys get full reign to mess with Lindsay, each other. Just observe and laugh. Have you seen me on OGs? <laughs> Do I look yes, like the type of person that would mess has. with you? Yes. <laughs> what? <laughs> Emma. No, no, Saul. Saul's just really funny and like. Giggling. I feel like I would yeah. get nervous and or really I would chill. get anxious or whatever. I would start to feel some type of way, and Saul would be like, "You would just egg it on." No, L I wouldn't. Lindsay, no, no, what about? He's such. He goes into like dad mode, low key sometimes. <laughs> 
L- Lindsay, I would. Uh, I don't trust it. I will buy you any <laughs> ticket you want on the Game Time app if you take an OGs and spend 24 hours in a Waffle House. Oh man, not the Waffle oh, House. The Waffle again. House. <laughs> but should we bring this up? No, no. friendships were no. destroyed yesterday. No. no. Rick, did, Rick had a good point. He said, "Lindsay, that could have been a finals ticket." It could have been. Could have been. You could have gone right. to the Super Bowl. You're right. You could have gone to the Super Bowl. <laughs> wow. Yep. You yep. really dropped the ball. I That's mean, okay. thousands of dollars. <laughs> <laughs> bye bye. Right wind. out the window. Whoops. Okay, back on uh, regularly scheduled programming <laughs> here. Uh, if the Suns do not make any moves right now and they decide to sit on Jay Crowder for a little bit longer, they'll have to look internally and likely. They'll be looking at Mikael Bridges and DeAndre in first. Mm-hmm. Those two guys are going to have to step up, honestly, regardless, but especially if there is no moves that are made. Mikael's numbers kind of fooled you last night, too, because he had 15 points, but he definitely had six when it really didn't matter at all. Right. Like the game was already over. And so really that was a single-digit performance, and you just need more from him and DA. DA got hurt, got a little banged up, came back, but he and he's just – they both just need to fucking play better. I'm kind of, I am getting to that point now where I'm really starting to get tired of their lack of production on the offensive side of the ball. Um, they just need to do better, especially DA. And I, you, everybody knows that yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm team DA. I'm mm-hmm. stand, I stand DA for sure. Mm-hmm. But fuck, dude. Like, <laughs> can you give me 25 one fucking day, please? And 15 rebounds? Can you play better than you have basically the whole last year and a half? Fuck! I'm tired of it. I'm tired of defending your ass. You got to play better. You just got paid. You barely fucking get 20 a game sometimes. Pull your head out of your ass and do it! Oh, my God. Wow. Fuck. Man. Do you feel I didn't have OGs. I was going to say, do you feel better? Um, Look, with with DA, the big thing that I'm noticing is he's averaging 15 points a game, which obviously is not high enough, but he's only averaging 26 minutes a game because he keeps getting himself into foul trouble. And and the quote that we asked him in the locker room when he said, I'm trying to get refs to adjust to my physicality, not the other way around. I get the long-term goal and agenda of that but like your team needs you right now with cam johnson out like you need to be on the floor you need to stay on the floor and be in a groove and he'll continue to produce because he's not a guy that needs a ton of offense drawn for him like just run pick and rolls and that is running offense for him because he's so dominant either with the way he catches the ball in the paint or the gravity that opens up shooters everywhere else they just need him on the floor more he's averaging 5.4 fouls per 36 minutes the first four years of his career it was at like 3.4 3.3 3.0 and 3.0 like this is two fouls per 36 minutes more that he's committing to start the season and it's the reason that he's barely been able to put up big numbers how much do we think the ankle plays into that though because you know if you're if you're not fully healthy i think that makes it tough on the lateral movement, he puts himself in a situation that maybe physically he can't do what he's thinking. I don't think that's this, it. Because like if you, was before the yeah, ankle injury right. too. I mean, and if you look at the fouls, a lot of them are just kind of like hesitation fouls. Yeah, they're not yeah. they're not smart fouls. Like if you're gonna foul a guy, foul him. But he's they're kind of like being in the wrong. And some of them were just soft. Like some of them were bad calls. Like there was that one where Nurkic was backing yeah. him down, and all he was doing was holding his ground. He got whistled for like. There's not a lot you can do about that. But when you get whistled for a call like that, you have to have 
the veteran knowledge of being like, I can't get another cheap one here or there. But I think the problem is he's trying not to get fouls when he gets in that position, which mm -hmm. then is making is causing him to get more fouls because he's not playing defense the way right. he normally does, and he's hesitating, which is putting him in bad positions. But I think it's the other end as well when it comes to the fouls. We talked about it last night, but I did some research. Yeah, you heard that right. I actually looked at advanced stats. Oh, hell yeah. For this. I, <laughs> uh, Gerald, Gerald, you know, I, I did this for you, I'm my so friend. proud. Uh, I went on cleaning the glass and looked at their percentage of shots that a player was fouled on, right? Mm -hmm. And I looked at guys, uh, the the four guys making money in his same range, Gobert, Cat, Embiid, and Kristaps Porzingis, which that one sounds weird to say, but <laughs> right. the three cent center-type guys making money around him. And I'll just go through this season. I have three seasons worth, but uh, D.A. is getting fouled on 9.1% of his shots. Mm -hmm. Gobert gets fouled on 22.6% of his shots. Carl Anthony Towns, 10.1% of his shots. Joel Embiid, 21.9% of his shots. And Kristaps Porzingis gets fouled on 13.5% of his shots. <sighs> D.A. Uh, has been in the 9, 9.5 range the last two seasons. That cannot happen. Soft. He has to get to the free throw line. He has to force the issue and do whatever it takes to get to the free throw line. Because right now, Devin Booker is the only guy getting to the free throw line. And this team can't give up that, that much of an advantage to their opponents getting those free points. When you do that and you don't shoot the three, you're destined when, to lose, just like we said last night, because math is against you. When you put DA in the category of Cat and Kristaps, and without the three-point shooting, mm -hmm. that's soft as fuck. Yeah, that's not that's good. That's soft as hell. Like, that isn't good at all. No. And, and listen, people have been calling him soft for, for a while, and I think he shows up every now and then. And I think defensively, he hasn't been like, you know, he hasn't been as, you know, as, as soft as he has been on the offensive side. But I also see a lot of uncertainty with him on the offensive side of the ball. Um, he's not nearly as aggressive as I'd like him to be. He's near, not nearly as physical as I feel like he should be. He doesn't have that dog in him sometimes. And I'm like, bro, what are you doing out there if you're going up against Joel Embiid? That's what disappoints me the most, is that Joel's going to try and draw fouls on you. And you, on the other end, you didn't give him shit. You didn't really do anything. Like, it was just such a really apathetic fucking performance. And tomorrow he's going to go up against Cat and Gobert again. Um, and we're going to see, like, hey... Are you going to show up? Are you going to play? Are you going to beast these dudes down low? Because you have the ability to. But for whatever reason, he goes into these these weird little funks where he hides in his treehouse and never wants to come out. It's bullshit. Right. I think that's the frustrating part is that like we've seen glimpses of it before. We know that the ability is there. Mm -hmm. It's just why are you not tapping into it on a regular basis? Why are you not fueling that side of who you can be? Right now he's good, but he's not good enough. He needs to take that next step. These are the little things. If you force the issue, all of a sudden that scoring goes up because you're getting to the free throw line. You're getting easy points, you know? I used to say that it's because, you know, the Suns weren't consistent in giving him the ball. We can't say that this year. Mm -hmm. You can't. Like, they, they're looking for him. When he posts up, they are, they are literally trying to get him the ball to pull them out of trouble and to keep his momentum going. Well, I was on that bandwagon last year, and now this year when he's he's getting the ball and he's not doing anything with it, his his scoring hasn't increased, overall production hasn't increased, nothing has changed. If anything, his rebounds have gone lower. They've yeah. got they've 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 gotten worse. Like, bro, 
man the fuck up, dude. He's he's been a double Seriously. digit rebounder for every season of his career except this one so far in eight games, averaging seven point eight rebounds per game. That's not good enough. But again, I keep going back to he's playing less than twenty six minutes a night. You've got to stay on the floor. The best skill we've said this so many times about other injury prone guys is availability. That applies to foul trouble as well. He's got it. Like we talked about this last night on the post game show. Even just a pump fake from time to time when oh, yeah. he's around the basket, because I feel like guys don't contest him a lot of the times because the looks he's getting are so clean and he's so efficient there. But he's got to force some contact, look for some contact, and create it and get to the line more because. 2.1 free throws for a guy who predominantly takes most of his shots in the paint is not enough. Well, and to your point on the time playing, right? Monty had said they want him, what, at 30, 35? Well, he should. He, I mean, like his career high in minutes is 32.5, and that was his second season. Like he, they need to be playing him around 33 or more minutes. I mean, so you're talking potentially nine minutes of on-court time that he's missing because of this foul trouble. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a big could make a big difference in your averages. You would hope an right. additional nine minutes in a game that you're actually, uh, you know, adding to those rebound totals and point totals as well. Right. But DA is not the only one that the Sun should be looking at. Mikel Bridges also needs to take steps forward. This year, his three-point shooting has kind of fallen off mm -hmm. um and we know that we're he he's being asked to do other things as well but that three-point shooting is so crucial for this team especially right now right he's and that's the thing is like he is a guy that is a capable floor spacer even this year he's posting incredible shooting splits he's shooting 50 percent from three but he's only taking 2.2 of them which is a career low for him um and it's way worse than what he's shot the last two years as far as attempts I think this is another negative aspect of the whole experiment as far as playing Chris Paul off the ball because Mikhail has been getting the majority of those reps. And when you're on the ball, Mikhail's not a guy that creates his own shot off the dribble. He's a spot-up shooter. He's a guy that you have in the corner, that you have lift up, and he gets wide open threes off of the pick and rolls, the other stuff you're running away from the ball. Well, if Mikhail's on the ball, he's not going to get those threes anymore. And with Cam Johnson out you're losing a guy who took seven threes a game and made him at a 44% clip. You've got to make up for that somehow. And we've seen it the last two games without Cam. They only attempted 19 threes last night. Like That's never going to be enough unless you make all 19. <laughs> like, that's, on, that's on Monty. Mm -hmm. I mean, at that, at that point, you've got to adjust the system and put Mikhail back in those positions to shoot. And mm -hmm. then, then it's on Mikhail to actually take those shots. But right now, he's not really in a position to shoot those threes. That, that's, like you said, and in your piece, you make a good argument for it, that that's a byproduct of the way they're using him. So right. Monty has to make the first adjustment there. Right. They're using him as a primary playmaker. They're using him in that Draymond Green role where he sets the screen and then gets the ball and works those four on three, three on two backside advantages. But like they need him to score more mm -hmm. and he's just he's not taking enough shots in general it's not just threes like he's only take he's taking under 10 shots a game and he's their third leading scorer like they're gonna need him to be more active on offense and I know it's asking a lot because both him and DA do a lot on the defensive end and that shouldn't get lost in this but like they're gonna need him to step up especially if Chris is taking that step back the, the playmaking hasn't increased enough. He's only averaging 2.7 assists. So it's one of those things where, okay, we want to experiment and let other guys initiate, but we also need to put some points on the board because without Cam, we're going to struggle to do that. When you, uh, when you think of Defensive Player of the Year, mm -hmm. uh, Marcus Smart comes to mind. Mm -hmm. Marcus Smart 
uh, is every bit as worthy as a defensive player of the year as Mikhail was a year ago, uh, catalyst for the Celtics on the defensive end, um, and the initiator of offense on the offensive end um, as a key contributor for them. Like, if I'm not going to let Marcus Smart off the hook, I damn sure I'm not going to let Mikael Bridges off the hook for playing, you know, for being such a, a vital part to their defensive assignment. And Mikael's got to step up. Like, mm-hmm. listen, this is his fifth year. You know, just like I'm not going to let DA off the hook, I'm definitely not letting Mikael off the hook because he's got to be better than that on the offensive side. We've said that since the start of the season. It doesn't change 10 games in. He's got to be better. I'm sure he knows he needs to be better, but sometimes it takes a game or two to realize, like, oh, my God's not out here, and I do need to do more because as the losses come and you start to research, like, why did this happen? A lot of it's going to be pointed back to you and your lack of production on the offensive side of the ball. Like, you got to step up, both of them, both of them, way short of the mark. I've got two last stats on Mikael Bridges. Number one, two years ago, he was taking twice as many threes on a per-game basis as he is now. And number two, I know Saul is going to hate this one, Landry Shamit is averaging 20 minutes per game less than Mikael, and he's taking 3.8 threes per game. And Mikael's only at 2.2. Those numbers need to be, yeah, like, reversed. Problematic. Like, it's yeah. not good. Um, I got in the chat, said Saul's anger for DA is all love, though. Always. Honestly, all mm-hmm. of this is all love, Always. though. Right. Like, Mikel and DA are some of our favorite players. Not that we're ranking them, but y'all know there are certain ones that get a little more love than others. But everyone in, in Suns fandom, I think, can agree that, for the most part, Mikel and DA are pretty high up there on the list. Yeah, you know, and, and But that the- doesn't mean we can't want them to do more. We can't yeah. want them to be better. And in a situation where you have a guy go down, you kind of need you don't kind of you do need them to be better. Yeah. You just do. Overall, like none of these guys, we don't hate any of these guys. No. Like no. they're 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 Phoenix Suns. We're we're fans of the team. Like we're gonna root for them, and we want them to do the very best. We're gonna point out some of the flaws. Mm-hmm. Like that's just that's just what we do. And more importantly, like I'm gonna say things that I think. Um, I am seeing out there like I'm that's what I'm gonna do like I'm just gonna say it like this because there's other people that are saying more controversial things that are getting a lot of love I'm not a dick writer. I sure am not that and I'm not gonna write somebody dude's coattails because he used to be good back in the day Like fuck all that. I don't care about any of that I'm going to say what I think should be said and 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 what I think I'm seeing out there on the court Regardless of of what everybody else thinks. That's just what I am Uh, There's other dudes right now that are supporting guys that are far more controversial and far bigger pieces of shit um, because they they played ball really, really well back in the day. Man, F all that. Like, I'm going to say what I think because that's what I see. Right. And, and a lot of this criticism, it, it feels like negativity and we're coming up with trades and all this stuff. But it's through the lens of this year is a championship. Yes. Possibility. Yes, like, they could win a title this year. So it's not – we're not, like, disregarding the fact that they're 7-3 and three or that they're still going to be a good team. I think we've all said that and agree on that. The question is – is this the year that they capitalize on their immediate championship window while Chris Paul is still healthy and out there where they break through and win the first title in 50-plus years? Well, and the the other thing to me is I had, I had a glimpse of my past yesterday. I had a flashback in that third quarter, mm-hmm. legal flashback, <laughs> uh, in that third quarter where I saw Devin Booker having to be the guy he had to be Mm-hmm. Three, four years ago, right, yeah. where he had to do everything, where he had to be the one to force their way back into a game. Mm-hmm. He can't 
have he can't revert to that. You can't put him in a position where he has to do that. It's where McHale and DA have to take the weight off of him because if we get back to Devin Booker has to do every damn thing for this team, you're going to get back to not playing very good basketball. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, that's a whole other discussion. And you don't want to wear him down either. No, He does wear out when that happens, too. He does. Yeah. We've seen it before where he has, like, incredible third quarters and then the fourth he kind of trails off like he did last night where he didn't score. He had 28 through three quarters. He played 43 minutes like that's tiring. You can't yeah. put that kind of toll on him, especially this early in the season. And it, like you said last night, Saul, it is an opportunity for Book. It mm-hmm. is. But he still needs some consistent help. Oh, he he definitely needs help. It's a team game. For yeah. sure. Devin cannot for win sure. as a championship all no. on his own. I totally get that. I just, I think he has it in him to be a Kobe. And Kobe would would find moments in this stretch that's c- coming up where they're a little, you know, short mm-hmm. in, in on the roster to to take over some of these games and I'm looking forward to that happening. In the short term I think that's all right, but you bring up Kobe, when we saw Kobe have to do it by himself, the Lakers didn't win titles. It was when he had guys he could trust, you know, Shaq, uh Pau Gasol, guys like that that then he he really reached that that other level. Devin Booker needs that. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you guys for joining us. We appreciate you as always. Glad that we have this like safe space where we can all <laughs> talk about these things, especially when things aren't all rainbows and butterflies on your team, right? It's a mm-hmm. it's a space where we can argue, we can bicker back and forth, we can have therapy together like group therapy together what did you all call it last things. night a bitch fest we yeah. have one sesh. of those sesh, <laughs> yeah, a sesh, bitch sesh. Session. right that's right um but it's it's fun to have you guys here and we appreciate the community that you're helping us build so thank you for all of that tomorrow we have a game so we'll have a pregame show 30 minutes before tip off and a postgame show once uh, that wraps up so we'll see you guys then until then have a great night uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Lindsay Smith AZ. You can follow Saul at Saul underscore Bookman. You can follow Gerald at Gerald Borgay. And of course, you can follow Espo at Espo. Espo, take us home. Get out and vote. Ahoy, hoy. Hey, yo, my lifestyle is retro. Tell the Phoenix Metro. Megas in control and he ain't never gonna let go. PHNX, though. Lindsay, Gerald, Espo. Saw past the ball. We here to turn up the tempo. Got to understand me. Y'all always rep the family. Rally.